Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers preview. It felt weird. I was here two weeks ago and then I disappeared. I saw there were some YouTube comments like, is Jeff really back or is that just a one-time thing? <laughs> no, I'm back. I'm on vacation. Officially back with Behind the Steel Curtain. Couldn't be happier. And joining me is Brian Anthony Davis, Dave Schofield, who has a new nickname, which we'll unveil later when he joins us, <laughs> is... Um, He's having technical difficulty, so we're going to start the show with the dynamic duo. Brian, what's going on? Not too much, Jeff. So glad to have you back. Um, after a week off, I was lost without you. And uh, <laughs> okay, I can't even say that with a straight face. No, nah, it's, uh, you know, when here and now uh, the threesome's back together again. So uh, just like McDonald's, but I'm, 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 I'm loving it. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, this is a good segue in the fact that we're loving something. I think that I'm really loving the new platform and the new behind the steel curtain platform across the board. And that's our podcast. Um, I know a lot of people that are right now watching live on YouTube are like, ah, yes, we love the YouTube shows and we love the YouTube audience and we love the YouTube shows as well. But we've added so much more content that's not on YouTube uh, that. I think is really good. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, we've really worked hard on the morning show. I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Brian does Tuesday. Dave does Thursday. I've been doing the training camp recaps. Like we're really trying to evolve this platform. Brian, you've been happy with it, right? Oh, I have been thrilled with it. And I, I got to tell you, um, our downloads are like crazy. They need to be crazier. So keep on, uh, keep on <laughs> clicking those downloads on, um, any platform i mean your favorite platform or even your least favorite platform as long as it's a platform go ahead check yeah. us out we're on everything i i think there's something called steve's internet podcast platform there's not but if there was we'd be on it because btsc is becoming every everywhere so we really appreciate all of you checking us out remember you can't watch the youtube shows when you're in your car because you're going to wreck and you don't want to blame that. I don't want that on my conscience that <laughs> that you're wrecking because I look this darn good. So really, you can we take these YouTube shows and we put them on the podcast platform. You can listen to them, too. So uh, make sure you do that. I'm Kathy Ford saying I keep meaning to try it out for my 108 mile route commute. That Jeez. is wow. Come on, Kathy. What are you doing? Well, Kathy's in Kansas. Nothing's down the road, you know. Um, so, but, you know, basically, we're really glad to have you on. We've pretty much quadrupled our content on what we're putting out, and we're really proud of that. Um, I'm proud of the fact that I'm listening to the morning shows that, uh, and it was Jeff's idea to put together the morning shows with the Jerry Cherry Band Absolutely. coming up as our house band. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I got to tell you, coming in and out of the breaks, they're rocking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, the ones that uh, Dave was just telling me today, he's like, man, I just listened to my uh, stat geek show again. He said, I just love hearing the music coming in and out. I mean, really it's a, it's something special. Now that Jeff has added the training camp reports, look, there is not a lot of news out there. So if we could find it, we're going to put it out to you and people are relying on those training camp reports. So Jeff, fantastic uh, job. I appreciate that. Um, then we had the opportunity to have the Ike Taylor interview today. And yeah. Ryan O'Toole just mentioned, love the interview with Ike today. And that was, we've been chasing him for three months. 
And yeah, we had that impromptu show yesterday because he didn't show up. I was ticked off. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Things happen. And <laughs> <laughs> it turned out good. I it turned out it was good. Yeah. Being one of the best interviews I've ever had. So I, I really, boy, does he know the team inside yeah. and out. I got to tell you that. So, no, really happy with the new podcast platform. But what I'm happiest about the most, Jeff, is when I'm looking at the screen here and I'm seeing Shield 91 and Kathy mm -hmm. and Ryan O'Toole and Tyler and Tom and anyone else that's on the screen. Um, you know, when I see these names out there, this is our BTSC family. And they're the ones that uh, are with us through thick and thin. We want to add more to you. There's so much love for BTSC to give. So keep on coming in. Tell your friends about it. Keep on adding your friends. We want to have a huge community. And I tell you what, I'm going to remember all your names. There you go. That's good. Well, you know, let's let's get started off with some news. We're going to talk about the Ike Taylor interview because I want to ask you about um, some of the answers that he gave. Um, but still, uh, let's talk about some news. So the, the Steelers did not, this is recorded on Thursday. The Steelers did not practice today. I think that works out well because it's kind of like a day to decompress because for a while there it's, it's the fast and the furious in terms of news. And, and for guys like Dave and myself that are writing a ton, you have interview after interview, after interview, training camp practice, Mike Tomlin, and then sometimes another interview. Now, Brian, I know you keep tabs on everything whether it's, you know, just glancing through articles or whatnot. Is there any player in particular that you've heard from reporters that are there in the pool or not that you're like, this guy's impressing me so far. But before we get to your answer, <laughs> I want to welcome David Wanghammer Schofield <laughs> to the show. That's I his middle I, name, I, people. I hope you realize that his middle name is actually Wanghammer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a family name, if it's German or what, but if it's Wanghammer or the we call it. <laughs> I thought it was Davidson. Wanghammer. No, David Wanghammer. So what's up, Wanghammer? How you doing? Hey, sorry. I was having some uh, technical difficulties here. One of my outlets on my computer just went... <laughs> So I couldn't figure out why things weren't working. So had to bypass some stuff, but here I am. I, it's going. I guess I am now the Vong Hammer, and um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll roll with that. But uh, hey, I was it's listening. better than being a Wang Harbor. Yeah, that <laughs> or Wang Harbaugh. Okay, yeah, Wang Harbaugh. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back to the question at hand, and that was Brian. Is there any player that has impressed you? Obviously, it's training camp. They just put on the pads this week, but still, from what you've heard from camp, is there anyone that you're like, oh, I'm glad I'm hearing this player's name? There's two guys. And sure. one, I, I, I've got to do a shout out to Donald Nolan because Donald Nolan and I are Ryan Switzer buddies. And Ryan Switzer <laughs> has uh, caught a few. I, I believe he's had two touchdowns uh, in the first couple of days of camp each day. Um, he's looked pretty, pretty good. I know he has a great rapport with Ben. Uh, you know, I hear everything about him being Mr. Electronic football guy and everything you want, but that guy has a lot of heart and he can do a lot of things. Like I said, if it's third and two, you can, you can get him for three as long as he sets up outside the line of scrimmage. So I'm pretty excited about him. The other guy I'm excited for is John Trent just stole my thunder. Benny Snell, Benny Snell football. And I was just writing a little bit about Benny Snell. I don't want to give it up, but uh, in the BTSC question of the week i'm thinking benny snell is my breakout guy this year so mm. i really think that's going to happen and he's impressing already um he is he had 3.9 yards per carry last year he's a lot more powerful and a lot faster than you think 
So Benny Snell right now and Ryan Switzer, the SNS boys, I'm telling you, those are the guys that are impressive. He lost 12 pounds. And people might say, yeah, it's 12 pounds. For an elite athlete, 12 pounds is significant. They're saying he looks really good. Dave, what about you? You've obviously covered the team as close as I have. Is there any player other than Switzer or Snell that have you been like, I'm glad I'm hearing this? Well, I have to say this first is that, Brian, you have to get in line because I've been on the Benny Snell train since January about everything with him. You know, he has. You have. And so that's all right. Jump on the train. There's lots of room. Let's do this. So I I've never been off the Benny Snell train, though, Dave. Yes, yes. But I've I've been on that that train for a while. I'll I'll do like Brian. I'll throw out two names. Of course, you got to love it. You're always focused on rookies, but we weren't really going to focus on rookies this year. But, man, when Joe Hayden comes out with the praise that he's had for Chase Claypool and the stuff that other people have said and stuff that we've um, been reported on about him – that's one to get really excited about, even if it's a guy that you're not expecting much out of early in the season as he gets acclimated. Just nice to know that he might be ready sooner than we think. Then the other one that is I've heard a lot of buzz about is one UG3, Ulysses Gilbert III, that there's been a lot of talk about him and plays that he's been making uh, on the field, that he's been included with some of the reports. So those are the two I'm going to go with. Those are good. UG3 was one I was going to say. Because the fact that the Steelers did not address inside linebacker at all, and that means that they must really trust him. And there's a guy they hardly played. And I know that Mike Tomlin was asked about him in one of his post-game, post-practice press conferences. And he said, look, he's he's still basically a rookie because he hardly played last year. But at the same time, they must have a lot of faith in his capabilities because I know that on my podcast that's running Friday morning, I was asked, I did a little Q&A from Twitter, and someone asked about Vince Williams' coverage, which is not good. UG3 is that guy that they could be using in that sub package instead. They must trust him a whole heck of a lot. I'm going to go with, and this is going to sound simple, but how about Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> we had been waiting how long for him to actually throw more than one pass or some video of him at Duquesne throwing a, a, a pass to some unknown receiver. Dave and I are scouring video of a Twitter video. Who is that? Who's that guy in the background? Who's all there? I mean, now we have reporters like Mark Caballi of The Athletic. And and by the way, if you don't follow these reporters, uh, Mark Caballi is not one to just dish out praise willy-nilly. He, I think he's one of the more pessimistic guys in terms of the, the pool of reporters. And he said that he's never seen Roethlisberger more accurate. He is looking really, really strong, really good. You hear comments from Ryan Switzer and Vance McDonald, um, all these players that are saying he is looking every bit of the part in back. So it's for me, but Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, yeah, it's silly because I'm a big Ben Roethlisberger fan, but at the same time, now let me ask you this, because this is going to lead to my second one. There was a skirmish in practice the other day between a Mr. TJ Watt and a Mr. Zach Banner. Now, Dave, I'm going to ask you first because you were a coach and you played. Knowing those two and their situations heading into this season, how do you in your mind figure out, say, hey, this is probably what happened and why these two kind of extended the, the repetition? I think they called it a... Uh, some type of disagreement or something like that. But Dave, you know, it's a, it's a training camp fight. It's a pushing, pushing and shoving. It's a pass rushing drill. What is your, what is your guess? Cause I have an idea, but I want to hear what you think. 
All right. Well, to to premise, you have to realize if you haven't caught it from oh my goodness, how many weeks ago has it been now, Brian? It was from about our, a month ago. Yeah, and I know exactly where you're going. It was about yeah, five weeks ago. With our interview with Zach Banner, is that he said that he's he's churned out some of his best reps ever in practice going up against TJ Watt. Mm. And I can't remember, Brian might have to remember who told him that said, said to him, Hey, you need to go, you need to go every play. Like you're going against TJ. I think it was Joe Hayden. Yeah. It was somebody like that that said, this is who you need. You know, this is what you need to do. You know, the way you bring it against TJ, you need to bring it like that every play. So Hearing this does not really surprise me. I think it's one of those things that Banner's trying to show what he can do. And if what he has to do is, let's say maybe, let's say maybe he gets the best of Watt on, on a play, even if it's something like TJ does something, he gets tripped up and ends up on the ground. Knowing Banner, showing that he's not going to let him get up and do something, he's going to lay on him. And then TJ's not going to like that, that he's laying on him in practice because there's no reason to do that in practice. But, you know, when a guy's trying to earn that spot, you got to go a little bit harder and take it a little bit longer, especially against that superstar, because if he gets up and makes a play when you thought you had him had him beat, then it's going to look bad on you. So he's got to make sure. Brian, if you were to take a guess as to what you think happened. Dave is absolutely correct because, I mean, to – Go back to that art, excuse me, go back to that interview as well. One of the things that he was talking about was the fact not only does he have his best repetitions, but he has more respect for TJ Watt than almost anybody on the team. And a little bit of that interview was him talking about how he was robbed for defensive player of the year last year. He has great respect for TJ Watt. He is a man, when you are out there in August, um, usually it's late July, but um, in late August now, you're fighting and you know that it's you or another guy that's going to be having that right tackle position. And that's another guy that he is great friends with. He's great friends with Chooks as well. But when it's for your job and he's playing for a contract, remember, he only signed a one-year deal um, earlier this year. So he took a gamble on himself and he's doing everything he can to uh, get that starting position because it all adds up in the checkbook come 2021 in uh, March or April for him to get um, either the starting job here, more money here, or a big free agent deal elsewhere. It To me, it, it kind of seemed like two players in completely different points of their careers heading into this training camp. Watt has nothing to prove. I mean, literally, they're going to back, back up the Brinks truck to pay him after his fifth year, uh, after his fifth year option, which has already been picked up. And like you just said, Brian, Zach Banner is playing for his career right now. I mean, if, if he doesn't win this battle against Chooks Okorafor and is the starting right tackle for the Steelers, let's say they would have to bump Matt Filer back to tackle because neither of them are good enough and they have to put Wisniewski at guard. How damning is that as a player? Yeah. He's basically then going to be relegated to backup duty, swing tackle duty, or tight end eligible duty for possibly the rest of his career. So I could see it where he's playing balls to the wall, as we used to call it as when I was coaching and things like that. And there's another guy that's saying like, dude, what are you doing? Like I can see TJ Watt, like, man, you need to back up. You need to take it easy a little bit. And maybe, maybe that's, I don't blame anyone. I don't think it was malicious. You talked about banner talking glowingly about TJ. Uh, and I listened to that interview and he did, but, um, you notice we're not hearing about a Korafor 
and we are hearing about Banner, even if it's just because of a skirmish, I'm anxious to see what this second week has to do. We're getting down to crunch time. We really are getting down to crunch time and to see who wins some of these battles. Are you all disappointed as I am? I can't believe I'm going to say this, that there's no preseason games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I beat you to yeah. it. it, it did you not. watch the Scrobo, Scobro show? I'm like, I'm so excited and I'm so bummed. I want my preseason football. I don't care if it's if I'm watching Leo Lewis at linebacker. Don't really care. I know all the guys' names. I want to see him go. Sorry, Brian. You know, having the position that we have, fellas. You know, we knew who Duck Hodges was way before anybody else did last year because we're scratching and clawing for uh, material usually in May and June. And we're highlighting these guys. We knew all about Tuzar Skipper because he was someone new to talk about. He wasn't an originally undrafted free agent. He and Duck came in last year and they had they had an opportunity to uh, get a contract in rookie minicamp. So when it came to preseason and when you're in quarter three and four and these names that you don't know, we knew them because we had to know them. And it's nice to watch these guys. And we're able to talk about guys like Deontay Spencer and me to get bent all out of shape when he gets uh, <laughs> cut and Denver picks him up. Uh, Frank you know, Webb. Yeah, Frank Webb. I mean, gosh, wow. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you got him. He's not even on the Steelers anymore. I'm missing, the, say it. I'm yes. missing the heck out of preseason football. I don't miss the games. I mean, I, I don't miss them when they're on, but I'm missing the heck out of them right now. Mm-hmm. And I really wish they were here, but we got to have it uh, now, September 14th. Though. Can, can I say something about preseason? Sure. The one thing that's different about the preseason versus the regular season when it comes to me and watching the watching NFL football is I'm only watching the Steelers when it comes to preseason. Yeah. I'm not worried about any other NFL team in the preseason. I don't know who the who the 79th guy is on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't care. But I'm watching every second of the Steelers that I can because I know everything's going on there. Now come regular season, I don't care which team it is. I'm watching them. Oh, yeah. Every game. Yeah. I can't. And by the way, for me, the NFL is the only sport that I do that. I yes. can't just sit down and watch a baseball game. Oh. I can't sit down and watch any hockey game. I can't watch any basketball game. Football, the NFL, not even college. I'm done the watching NF- hockey. Right. The NFL, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> I watched my last, last game with, the yeah, on, so a, on an afternoon. Yeah. I mean, come on. But the, the NFL is the only game, the only sport, the only league that it could be, I don't know, Cardinals and Rams on Thursday night football. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be keeping tabs of it during our show. It, it's just, that's just what I, but now I think for me and Tony Defio wrote a great article. This was a uh, maybe last week sometime. And it was really epitomized my thoughts on the lack of a preseason. He said, Mason Rudolph could have some really good development 
and no one will, we hope we don't know. We hope we don't see Mason Rudolph this year, unless maybe it's in garbage time and they sit Ben down, or maybe with the expanded playoffs, the Steelers have locked up their seed in the postseason and they don't need to play starters towards the end. I don't know what the situation is. We hope Ben doesn't get hurt or anything like that, but nonetheless, I miss seeing some of these guys and seeing their development. And it's really having me rack my brain thinking, what is it? What are the, as a coach, I mean, Dave, you coach the game. How difficult would it be to coach even high school and just go off practice? You have no scrimmages, no, in this case, preseason games. It's extremely difficult. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's funny because when I was when I was like the, the head freshman coach, we only had one scrimmage, but man, did it really tell you something? Because it's it's just a different attitude, atmosphere. When you get ramped up to go against and line up against someone on the other side that you haven't been seeing every day, it's just something different. So you're absolutely right. It, it's it's tough, but you know what? It epitomizes 2020. Well, next question. How bad, in your all's opinion, we'll start with Brian, how poor is the product going to be in week one because of no preseason and because of the lack of OTAs, minicamp, et cetera? It just depends what team it is because there are going to be some players, some teams out there that are more professional than others, that are more prepared than others. Okay, I well, on, let's, I on let's, going. let me give you a game. Okay. Thursday night opener. Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. How ugly is that game going to be? It's going to be it's going to be a shellacking. Um, <laughs> it, it really will be um, because you know the uh, I don't think that the Texans are uh, well put together. I don't know. Uh, I question the sanity of Bill O'Brien. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I don't think he's a great talent evaluator um, as much and a horrible GM. But I don't really think that team has it together and. One thing that I've been saying for the last two, three months are there is going to be a lot of four and 12 teams and a lot of 12 and four teams and not as many eight and eight teams. There's going to be less parity this year, Jeff and Dave. And the reason I think that it's because it's going to be because of the preparation. So that's not going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be 37 to 13. Um, I'm going to chime in here and I say, you say there's going to be, you know, not much parity. I think we are going to find. Well, I think we are going to get some eight and eight teams, because you're going to get teams that go two and six in the beginning of the year, and then get it figured out and go six and two to finish it up. You know, that's going to be it. There's going. To, I, I, so I don't know if they'll ever really be contenders, but I, I could see some of that. That's about all you're going to get for some of those middle of the road teams. I think you're right with that part of it, Brian. Oh, now I can't even remember what we were talking about because Seattle has well, two losses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that I think that ultimately the teams that have I've I've talked about this before on my morning podcast. The teams that have returning coaches, so in continuity in their coaching staff. Yeah. So when you're talking about the Steelers, Tomlin's been there over a decade. They only added two new coaches this year. One was a created position with quarterbacks coach now being its own position, which Matt Canada. And they hired Ike Hilliard, which was a vacancy because Ray Sherman was not ever going to be the long-term wide receiver coach after Dale Drake passed away. Talk about continuity. And then if you have a veteran-laden team, which the Steelers actually do now. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. young in positions. They're young at receiver, young at running back. 
with Ben back in the lineup, that offensive line is very veteran laden. The defense has a lot of veterans on it. I think that the Steelers are set up at least for early season success. If you have teams out there and we know there are one, which resides kind of in the state of Maryland that are relying on rookies, you're in trouble. I I honestly think you're in a lot of trouble to ask these rookies to step in without organized team activities that were in person and actually moving and getting repetitions physically. But that's just me. I remember the other thing I was going to say, it was about specifically that Houston Kansas city game that you asked about. I think Brian's right. I think it's going to be a shellacking because unless somehow um, um, Watson figures out a way that he can throw a 75 yard pass to himself, I don't know what else that <laughs> offense is going to do. So it just well, seemed like they were handed it out. They might right. be able to protect him. I don't know. Brian, if, I could, dead? if I could make one more comment um, sure. about the entire preseason thing. And this is something that we joked about earlier, the Deontay Spencer thing at the end and talking about the, the 52nd, 53rd man on the roster and, yeah. and who's going to get cut. We're not going to have to do that this year because we don't know who these guys are. Um, yes, we do. Yes, we do. But we don't know who the undrafted free agents are. No, as no, much. You're right, and you're right we, there. And so we're losing out on that. And to your point and your question, that I don't think either one of us really answered your question, Jeff. But there's going to be a lot. You go even even the good teams. They're gonna have to gel, and they're gonna need the first quarter of the season to gel. That's why I think the the first quarter of the season. It's paramount that you go at least three and one. You cannot have a one and three, or it's going to be tough to be two and two um, for the start of the season because you really need to come out fast this year. This is one of the year years that you really need to come out quick uh, because teams are going to start figuring out a little bit more in week five, and that's to Dave's point: the two and six to six and two, and and uh, situations like that. You know, and we've seen the Steelers do that in the past. Um, you know, I remember 2006 when they were two and six, then ended up six and two, and that, then eight and eight records. But what I'm looking at really are for these teams to uh, have those growing pains in the first few weeks of the season. And Pittsburgh seems to have those those weeks at the beginning of the season, just the last couple of years, because they didn't have continuity. Because Ben Roethlisberger was playing a quarter in the preseason. So maybe that evens out and maybe the reps that he is getting and the team getting together are going to make up for that because they're really focusing on that in practice because they don't, they know they don't have preseason games. The Steelers are set up for success early with a, I think a pretty soft, pretty soft first four games. I think there's, that's here. They started, they go to New York, then they host Denver Help me out, Dave. Houston. The host Houston. Host go, Houston to Tennessee. And go to Tennessee. Tennessee's the toughest one yep. there. They and, I, I think they kind of build a little bit. I don't know. Denver is gonna be I think Denver's the toughest game there, actually. Yeah. It's gonna be sloppy early, especially for offenses. And if the Steelers defense is basically returning everyone. Yeah. I mean, they, they should be fine. And so maybe they have to rely on their defense and you get a, a couple big plays here or there. And that's something they didn't have last year. The Steelers did not have those couple big plays outside of busted coverages with Deontay Johnson, like against the dolphins at the end of the first half where someone just forgot to cover number 18. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That doesn't typically happen, but I digress. Well, week one is everything. Cause I mean, come on. Yes. You're on the road, but you're talking about a team with a new head coach, correct? Second year quarterback. And a second year quarterback. 
that's the kind of team that you're like, it might take them a little bit to get started. Uh, if the Steelers really are that veteran team, the the Giants are the opposite of that. So well, I mean, we'll preview that game, obviously, but that's a game where if you can get a lead, mm-hmm. take Saquon Barkley out of the game, not yeah. physically, but eliminate him running that's the football the and you put it in Daniel Jones's hands and that should be right where you want him. Good, Brian. You're not on the road the first week. You're at a neutral site game because well, there's not there's no a home field. There are no home fans there for the New York Giants. So well, that's a neutral site. No, I, I know that. But at the same time, being able, being able to stay, yeah, you still have to travel. Being able to stay at your home if you or wherever you stay, if you're comfortable with. I think there's some value to that, don't you? I mean, I know it's not the same. You're, you're not happening. using your own locker. You're using someone else's. So, Well, but if you all yeah. stay, like, the team, this team's typically when they travel, stay at a, at a hotel that's yeah. near the stadium. They always stay in the same place. You get comfortable there. You get comfortable with the drive. You have a routine. I think there's some value to being home. And I'm curious to see also what the NFL does in terms of crowd noise. They're already talking about these stupid gimmicks about pumping in feeds of fans in their houses. Can you imagine what that would sound like at Heinz Field or MetLife Stadium with Johnny Jimerson, whatever, (laughs) sitting in his basement yelling something and it's being being echoed over the line. It's going to sound horrible. I'd rather just hear music in between plays. Wayne Wanghammer. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, Jimmy Yenzerson down there. there. Um, But you know what? Hockey didn't do it. I mean, I thought hockey, that crap pumped in crowd noise didn't bother me at all. I didn't really notice it. Hockey, believe it or not, is actually a very quiet game unless something happens. So I didn't think that was that bad. And back to the fact, you know, the traveling thing that you mentioned, hey, I do my best work in hotels. So <laughs> that sounds like another 2 a.m. story. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you say that for Sunday show. This tales from 2 a.m. I think that's a good spot for a break, guys. <laughs> yes, it is a good spot for the break. Coming out up after this break, if you're on YouTube, stick around. We're not going anywhere. But for our audio listeners, make sure you check out part two, where we're going to talk about the Ike Taylor interview, and we're going to preview the defensive line. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> 